0: Shalom, Mishpacha, Shalom, family. Mishpochah is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with the Jewish heart. Made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people where the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile. It's finally come down to form one new man. Getting ready, Mishpacha, to blow the grandest shofar, the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone, everywhere to hear the good news. We want everyone, everywhere to be red hot for the Messiah. And, you know, one of my big regrets is as a new believer, I didn't have people to really teach me about the supernatural, about the basics of the faith. Uh, I was often running— Uh, with uh, speaking all over the United States uh, before I'd even read the New Testament. As a result, it took me a long time to find out what I know today. Now, there is someone whose name I I heard in the early days, uh, and his name was Don Gossett, and he had written some books that really impacted my life, and we have a generation now that have not read Don's books and need it desperately Uh, Don, uh, you've had an opportunity uh, that few people have Uh, you uh, traveled with a great miracle ministry by the name of William Freeman you were editor for T.L. Osborne who as far as I'm concerned probably has seen more miracles than anyone who ever lived He's, he's in heaven now uh, but uh, I, I want everyone to get to know you just a little bit this week, and we want to glean some of the things you learned over the years uh, that you wish you had known when you first started. Uh, but uh, let, let's take you uh, back to when uh, you were age eleven and you were kidnapped, uh, and this was before you were a believer in the Messiah, um, and because of this horrible experience you were set free Uh, I understand it made it easy for you to turn to Jesus Uh, tell me about that
1: yes well it it was a very unusual experience that I would never want to happen to anybody because uh, it was all unexpected and I, uh, I I didn't know for a time what was happening and then I began to have a fear I'd never see my Again, because the man kept on driving and driving, stopping for drinking, buying whiskey and so forth. And uh, it was really, it became very frightening when he got very intoxicated and his driving became very critically dangerous. And uh, it was then that I really submitted myself to what I call the prayer breakthrough prayer, a breakthrough miracle prayer. And I would leave my hand, head on the dashboard and the injury and the sincere fervent prayer of the 11 year old boy. It wasn't terribly profound as far as theologically, but it was a very expression of my heart. And uh, so when the incident, when the man passed out from his drunkenness, and uh, a woman uh, came upon the scene, and, and uh, she wanted to know information about my. Uh, Parents, so I, I said, we don't at that time didn't have a, home, a phone in our home. So she said, Who has a phone in your area? And I said, Our school principal. So she called him, and then he notified my parents where I was. And my parents drove nonstop those hundreds of miles to pick me up. And that was really a significant event in, in my young life when I realized it was for a, the, the driving became so dangerous that I wasn't sure. That we, we would survive the the incident of possibly a very critical accident, you know, and then could be death.
0: Now, now your your parents were not believers, but uh, so how did you become a believer at age twelve?
1: Well, it was in I, I became convinced uh, um, uh, my uh, my father who was an unsafe man, gave uh, some Baptist Christians permission to. Uh, build uh, uh, an old-fashioned brush harbor that was kind of a a forerunner before tents became prominent. And uh, uh, those meetings were conducted each night. And I would go over as a very timid young man, 11 years old, and I would uh, just stand out from the, the, the brush harbor so nobody could see me. And I would witness the whole thing, and I thought... When I saw sinners going forward for salvation, and I knew a lot of those people in that farm community and i I thought my mind came that 's the greatest thing that could happen to anyone to go to receive christ, and that was the conviction in my heart and I mentioned the fact that i was uh, had some misleading information that you couldn 't it wouldn 't matter whether you're you before age twelve or not uh if you if you were if you were before 12, you would be saved regardless, which, of course, isn't accurate. And then when, shortly after I was 12 years of age, I was invited by some neighbors to accompany them to what we called a revival at a Baptist church. And when that evangelist portrayed Christ dying on the cross and carried a chair across the platform uh, like into the cross, and all became quite clear to me you know, as far as my... Twelve-year-old mind can conceive that how why salvation is all about, and I made the decision to go forward and receive the Savior, and that was a tremendously vital experience. I just was really uh, delighted that I was now saved, and that's how it changed my life.
0: Well, Don, then at age 17, you uh, were involved in an all-night encounter with the Lord. Explain.
1: Yes, I was, uh, I was really hungry for God, was my main thing. And I had this all-night encounter with him in prayer, and it was then the Holy Spirit gave me a definite call to become a preacher. And my dad was such a dominating influence in my life that I knew I had to tell him as soon as possible. And when, he, when I heard him down the stairs about 6 o'clock in the morning, I went down to tell him, and he was very opposed to the idea, pointing out my shyness and my speech impediment. And, and he said he didn't believe I could ever be a minister because I'd always had problems talking to people, even in a personal conversation, without stuttering and stammering.
0: So did he talk you out of being an evangelist? Obviously, he didn't.
1: <laughs> the calling of God was so real to my heart that even though my uh, earthly father gave me this objection, I still was convinced that what, what, what God had called me, and so I went back out to my room and dropped to my knees, and, and uh, Isaiah 41.10 opened up to me, Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will help the yell, strengthen the yell of holy with the right hand of my righteousness. And I knew that God was saying, If I fear not, I can fulfill this calling, and so even though with my father's objection, I moved right ahead. I went to Bible college in San Francisco and prepared for ministry, and then I started preaching in a small Baptist church. Now, what
0: did you do about your stuttering?
1: I fervently met God, and He gave me those three scriptures that were so applicable to my situation. And the one was... uh, Exodus 4.12, Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. I was young in my study of the Word, and I didn't realize that was just something given to Moses by the calling of God, but I applied it to my own heart. That if, now therefore go, and I'll be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. I applied that to my own situation, that God would be with my mouth. And then the scripture in Samuel The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and His Word was in my tongue. And the third scripture I began to really focus in my life was Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And uh, I applied those scriptures, and then I was filled with the Holy Spirit. In about a year, I stopped stuttering and mumbling, and I had a real liberty in speaking. I was not exactly... the most profound speaker, but I was cultivating a walk with God that enabled me to fulfill his calling to me.
0: Okay, and then your folks heard about a healing evangelist by the name of William Freeman, and your mother had been struggling with a condition, and even though they weren't believers, they went to the meeting. What happened?
1: Well, it was really remarkable. Uh, William Freeman came to Portland, Oregon, And I, as a young Baptist, I had never heard about healing for the sick. And I uh, I then was shared about how he was being used by God to have very profound miracles. So I went to his meeting, and I witnessed the same, and I was deeply impressed. And I went back to my unsaved parents, and I told them what I had seen and experienced. And I asked them to go with me, and rather reluctantly, they chose to go. And they were also impressed by the miraculous and the supernatural confirmation of the word that um, my mother then, the Holy Spirit, really got a hold of her heart, and she went forward and was saved. What a great night it was. And uh, she had a limitation to be, of being able to walk uh, because of her her infirmities. But she, and I remember her so well, the next night, uh, she was prayed for in Jesus' name, and wonderfully um, set free from all the pain, and uh, I, when she came off the platform, very emotional, I, as an 18-year-old boy I was then, I, I ran down the aisle to meet her and embraced her, and she said, Don, there's no more pain, I'm totally free. And that testimony for my dad, who lived with her, of course, it was so convincing, as well as all the other members of my family eventually. And it caused my dad, who was I always called a wicked sinner because he was an alcoholic. He was a, a inf- He practiced infidelity, unfortunately, and broke my mother's heart. And and uh, he came to Christ. And thank God the whole cops God-
0: were out of time, Don. We've selected two of the classic books by Don Gossett. One, oh, there's over a million in print. But you see, this generation has not had this. And I'm going to tell you something. When you read these two books... The presence of God is so strong that the first book is called Keys to Receiving God's Miracles. And he wrote this uh, with excerpts from E.W. Kenyon. And between the two of these great authors, I can tell you, when I read E.W. Kenyon's writings on faith— uh, there's like the Holy Spirit just bubbles within me. I want you to get these two books. Uh, you'll devour them, and it'll revolutionize your understanding of how to walk by faith. And the times we're coming into right now, it's an absolute requirement. And in addition, we had Don do two CDs called The Spirit of Faith uh, because most— in this generation, do not understand how faith operates. This will not only teach you how faith operates, but allow you to walk in the same faith uh, and promises that Don Gossett walks in. And then, the thing that perhaps is going to even be more exciting is we have five laminated posters, and this this has scriptures for you to profess, daily affirmations, and you'll want to do this every single day. Don has seen so many people healed from just these affirmations, the entire package available for a gift of $45. Call our order only line 1-800-447-2697, 447 2697 I'm speaking to Don Gossett, and Don has written books that this generation needs to understand on what is faith and how to walk by faith because with what's happening, what's coming on, it's not just so that you're going to have a great miracle ministry. It's so that you'll be able to accomplish all God has for you, because we are in the last of the last days, and without faith, you cannot please God, and that's why I asked Don. He's uh, 83 years young, uh, and he worked for a healing evangelist that many people have never heard of, uh, William Freeman, Uh, but Don, tell me about the visitation William Freeman had from an angel.
1: Well, he received a um, real calling of God to become a full time minister, of course, and they, they, that was followed by the fact that he made a decision when he we re- re- resigned from the railroad. He said, I would, I'd given myself to eight hours a day work on the railroad, but now that I'm not on the railroad working, I'm going to give those same eight hours in prayer to, to the Lord. And this was a real, something he didn't necessarily exploit about talking much about this, but he did explain very much about the encounter with the angel. And uh, it was something very real, very fervent. And uh, he was uh, in his church study. He was on his face praying. And it was just getting dark, and he hadn't turned on the lights and suddenly the room illumined with a bright light, and he looked up, and there stood this man. And he just simply spoke to him. He said, I'm an angel of the Lord sent by God to give you a gift of healing. You're to go and stretch forth your hand and bring healing to the people. If you can get them to only believe, not one thing will stand before you, not even cancer. There's a great sleeping and slumbering in the land. There must be an awakening because Jesus is coming soon. Now, he was a man of prayer that, that influenced my life deeply. Uh, when I would travel with him and we'd stay in hotels, he would call me to come to sit down. let's go for the breakfast. And I would go to his room, knock on the door. He said, Don, before we go, let's stop and pray 15 minutes. Well, this was an experience that maybe happened several times a day when I was encountering with him, to stop and pray 15 minutes. And he, by the Holy Spirit's ability, had a I grasp on being able to bring the glory of God down like you no know, man I've ever seen all these years, as far as even 15 minutes of prayer. And then, of course, before that, he had made this commitment to pray eight hours a day, which was something that was very remarkable.
0: Now, now when you prayed with him, did he pray all in English, all in uh, supernatural languages, tongues? How did he pray?
1: He would pray in both supernatural languages and, and pray in English, and uh, he had a ability to really meet the Lord. And I know when I travel with him now, with all of his great uh, calling of God, the anointing upon him, he always had a fear of flying in a, in a sort of a uh, unusual way, and so it meant we had to drive a lot to avoid his flying. And... Uh, uh, driving across the American highways from one crusade to the next. I was his continual companion, and he would always praying, praying, praying. And then he would, it was a frequent thing, he said, Don, I've got to stop and meet God. And he would go to a hotel, rent it for uh, just a few hours, and devote himself to fervent prayer. It was always uh, strange to me when he said, i got to give myself to prayer because that's what he was doing mainly in driving. But uh, he was so hungry for God's anointing and the assurance that he would be used by him that prayer was a very great essential.
2: Uh,
0: what a great foundation as a new believer for you to learn these secrets. Tell me some of the miracles you saw under William Freeman.
1: Well, Freeman had this most unusual gifting. and I did, uh, Every night after he had preached the salvation message, one won the souls of Christ— Then I'd go to the platform and say, and now Brother Freeman is getting ready to pray for the healing of the sick. And we want all the people who are deaf in one of both ears, blind in one of both eyes, people with cancer, diabetes, heart trouble, people who are infirm and cannot walk without uh, a walking ability. And uh, then we'd go down, I'd go with him down to the front where all these people came forward. And he would walk up to each one. Now, that was when I'd say a word of knowledge, but he was, he'd call it discernment, which was not exactly uh, accurate, I don't think. But anyway, he would ask them, each one, what their condition was, just person, face-to-face. And he would then, he was when he was really convinced in his heart that they were ready for a miracle, he would ask the ushers to take them to the platform, and maybe there'd be about... Possibly 25 people whom he would usher to the platform, and he would pray for them. His uh, the miracles were always very pronounced. There was no uh, mystical factor; about them. they were just really clear-cut miracles. And uh, as his editor his magazine, I would have the privilege eventually to interview dozens of people and publish it in his magazine. And they were always very convincing; that they were confirmed by. Uh, He would like to have as possible a medical doctor to even give a witness to what had happened by the people going back to the doctor. And the miracles were always very evident, yet there was never any lack of miracles. And after he would pray for all these one-by-one miracles, and that time was no factor. He just continued on. And then he would launch into the prayer cards being brought forth by the people who weren't in that select group. And um, so it, it was, um, he was a very bold, aggressive. Uh, many times we have a special section where people were in wheelchairs and on beds, stretchers. He would, just for the anointing, suddenly, I've seen him do this a number of times, he would leap off the platform with a little surge. And run down and begin to lay hands on those people who were on bed, beds and on the, uh, on uh, wheelchairs and what have you. uh jerk them off of the uh, off the, by the hand up and. And the, the healings were really wonderful.
0: Okay, so, Don, you're watching this, you're praying with him, uh, you're being really mentored for uh, the same type of ministry, although you didn't think so. But you got so hungry one night, you said that you were going to pray until you had your own visitation. Uh, what happened?
1: Well, I went to this uh, this church, this Assembly of God's Church in the uh I uh, went early in the morning to the, church, to the altar, and I bowed my knees and prayed for about two hours. and I was disappointed that no particular manifestation had taken place. and I set up I rose up and sat on the altar, and then I opened my Bible to Philippians chapter two verses nine through eleven. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name of every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, that every tongue should confess Jesus Christ as Lord, the glory of God the Father. That just set a fire in my heart. I suddenly, uh, the revelation was that the name of Jesus was the greatest name in heaven, earth, and hell. And if I acted and spoke in his name as Peter and John did back in the book of Acts, I could see God's working. And I was very zealous to be ready to to begin to minister. And I then had this call from my grandma Davis saying my little nine-year-old grandson has been given up to die. He has brain tumors. And they brought him from the Barnes Hospital in St. Louis, Missouri, to this woman's home in Joplin. And I was invited to go there. And uh, the whole tone of the home was a funeral atmosphere because all the family thought they were seeing the boy for the last time. But when I thought, this is what I can do, in Jesus' name, brain tumors, that's what is included in this uh, Philippians 2, name of every name. So I boldly began to cast out the spirits of infirmity and, uh, and speak in Jesus' name for a miracle. And when I left, there was no particular change. But the parents took the boy back to the Barnes Hospital and they uh, checked him, examined him again, and discovered he had no brain tumors. And uh, the boy grew up, and I, I had occasion to see him when he, even, he was about maybe 20 some years old, young, married father. And he was always still free of the, of the brain tumors. And uh, there were miracles uh, like that I began to see in my ministry. I pray for people. I,
0: I'll tell you what, we're out of time right now, Don, but I want you to be able to operate in every one of the promises in God's Word. Unless you have a proper understanding of faith, and it's my opinion that about 98% of most Christians do not have a proper understanding of faith, you will not be able to operate in all the promises that God wants to operate in your life and in your family's life and in your ministry's life. My guest is Don Gossett, and we've been just reminiscing a little bit about his life uh, because he's 83 years young, and uh, he's been in—let's see, how many years have you been in ministry, Don, if you started at about 17 or 18? So that's over, say, 60 years, and you've learned—and you you had such a unique beginning. You got mentored under a great healing evangelist by the name of William Freeman, and then uh, you, you started working as an editor for T.L. Osborne, who probably saw more miracles than any human on earth. Uh, then God gave you a revelation of his word that you could operate in miracles, that anyone could operate in miracles. Uh, and uh, you you started praying for the sick and seeing the same types of results. Uh, tell me uh, some creative miracles that uh, have occurred when you've prayed for people.
1: Well, I was in Oregon in a meeting and a man named Lucky Metz came forward. He was limping quite critically. And uh, so I asked him what his problem was, and he told me he had been in an accident 22 years before and that he had uh, his kneecap was damaged badly and he had to remove it by surgery. And uh, so I said, Lucky, I'd like to ask you a second question. Are you a believer in Jesus Christ? He said, No, I'm not. I said, Then you can go to heaven with a with a knee that's uh kneecap missing, but you can never enter there without being born again. I said, Would you like to be receive Christ as your Savior and Lord? And so he said, Yes, I would. So after I led him in a sinner's prayer, and he received Christ, I then I said, Now I'm going to act upon Jesus' words: Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, John 14:13. And I simply uh, placed my hand upon this uh, knee that had no kneecap, and uh, so then I asked him, Uh, to roll up his pants leg and see what God has done. And it was uh, an astounding miracle. He had a new kneecap there. And uh, he then left the platform to go round around around the church, and uh, people were were just rejoicing mightily. And then uh, Dr. Thomas uh, came forward. He had been the physician that had performed the surgery 22 years before. And in his files, he had the x-ray revealing that Lucky had no kneecap after the surgery 22 years before. And then he said, I've never seen only a couple of three miracles in all my practice. And he said, this is the work of the greater physician. And I, uh, I think that's exactly... The result, and uh, this man was back uh, in meeting after meeting, and when I would ask him to just give us a demonstration of what the Lord has done, he was very hilarious about it, and he was a wonderful miracle. Uh, There have been awesome miracles, especially in overseas missions. I've gone to India 24 times for strictly for crusades. Uh, and they often were attended by tens of thousands of people. And it was really uh, powerful what God has done.
0: Uh, tell me some notable miracle that uh, that occurred there. Oh. And, and I know that there were so many you couldn't, uh, you, there's no way you could tell us all of them. But tell me one that comes to mind.
1: Well, a, a lady who, uh, who was... Um, had been bedridden, and uh, her body was, didn't function hard at all. It was like a form of paralysis. And her husband was a wealthy uh, land baron there in India, and he heard about the meetings, and he drove her over 100 kilometers to come to our meeting. And they were she was lying in the backseat of the car. And uh, I, I always climax every service, but not only individual prayers, mostly praying mass prayers because the crowds are so large. So I would pray for all the different infirmities that the Spirit of God would bring into my attention. And I prayed that night for those who were uh, paralyzed, those who could not walk or use their limbs, uh, just to agree with me. And as I did so, her testimony was that she began to have a feeling in her feet, that her toes could wiggle, and her hand began to be able to move. And she became convinced in a very short time that she had received a wonderful miracle. And she and her husband walked all the way to the platform. She had been, a course, a trophy and could not use her body, so it was really a double miracle in that respect. And in those meetings in India, the main part, because we're in a, in a foreign land, we would often request the, uh, doctors, if possible, who would come to the front and be an examining committee to verify that each person who was coming forward to say they had a miracle that was really accurate, because the media was always there. Newspapers in India very prominent, and uh, they wanted to be sure everything was accurate, was on the platform. were well, they? the doctors checked this woman and got her full and uh, understanding, she was then ushered to the platform where I met her for the first time, as she and her husband. And... Uh, when she, she had told her miracle story, what had happened that very night, uh, they began to weep, and people were just stirred all over. They feel there were tens of thousands of people, and that was one of many, many miracles. The miracles in India, uh, everywhere I went, to all the main cities and even the small places, uh, was always accompanied by just God's working miracles. I mean, it was And and more often than not, it was always a mass prayer, a prayer for people to receive a miracle. And it would really, uh, it it always happened every time, every service, was always many people who wanted to come forth and give a testimony. And often I would pray for all those who were deaf in one or both ears. And there were some scores and totally hundreds of people who were deaf received their hearing and, uh, blind eyes, and all kinds of infirmities. And it was just my going to India has one of the greatest delights of my whole life because it was accompanied by mighty signs and wonders.
0: Now, Don, uh, you have been hit with various uh, sicknesses over your life, and loved ones have. Uh, Tell me about one time you were hit with sickness and how God healed you.
1: Well, the more recent one was just uh, not, not very many years ago that I, uh, the doctor was aware there was something in my body that needed to have attention. So he made a, a uh, ultrasound, and uh, then he came back to, out to say, Don, you have an aneurysm in the aorta of your, of your heart. And he said, uh, he said, do you want an aneurysm? And I said, well, I don't know scientifically, but my own father had an aneurysm a few hours before that, and uh, when it burst, he was dead in four hours. So I said, I know it's very, it be very critical. So he said, well, I'm ordering a CAT scan, and we'll have that uh, done as soon as they can work it in their, their schedule. And uh, six weeks was scheduled to have the aneurysm, and my wife Deborah and I every day virtually spoke the alphabet of healing. There's 26 healing scriptures on this uh, a publication you've mentioned about uh, the different scrolls or posters, whichever you want.
0: Right, laminated poster. I mean, I would like to see everyone uh, do these. What you do is you take each letter of the alphabet and you have a word there, like A is a tend. And it says the scripture, attend to my words, incline thy ear to my sayings, let them not depart from thy eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. And you have that for every letter. So, uh, so you started reading that. What happened?
1: Well, the, the, uh, after the six weeks, we had the CAT scan. And then a couple of weeks maybe later, the doctor called me back in with my wife and said, uh, uh, he kind of first was uh, smiling softly, and then he said, Don, you have no more aneurysm. It's all gone. Well, he had told me before the aneurysm was unable to have any healing possibilities because of the nature of it, so he was a clear-cut demonstration of God's power, one of the most uh, profound personal healings I've had, you know, and, of course, there have been others, too.
0: Now, I, I'm curious because uh, I remember as a new believer, I've started reading your book, What You Say is What You Get. And uh, and the book, I have to tell you, I'm reading this now, uh, the one that over 5 million have sold, the combination of uh, Kenyon's writings and yours called Keys to Receiving God's Miracles. Have you heard of many people that have been physically healed from reading these two books?
1: Uh, Yes, through the years, we've had many reports, thousands of them, from people who have been healed through reading my books.
0: I, I have to tell you. I can't think of a better thing for someone to be reading beyond the Bible itself uh, than your books. I mean, what faith builders. So we have what we selected as the two best books by Don Gossett, a two-CD set called The Spirit of Faith, the five laminated scrolls uh, that uh, have his— professions of faith, uh, you, you should be doing this three times a day. You should have one at your desk at school or the office, You should and you should have one at home, you should, and three times a day. You know, a lot of people take vitamins three times a day. You should be taking spiritual vitamins, but I'm going to make you a promise. When you get these books for the first time in your life, you're going to understand how faith operates, and all the promises in God's Word are going to be activated, and if not now, When? We're making this entire package available for a gift of $45. Now, on tomorrow's broadcast, I'm going to ask Don to talk about dead people he's prayed for that have come back to life. But you have to understand, Don started just like you, but he was mentored. I want you mentored with his books. Uh, Now, you don't want to take the next 60 years to learn these things. How would you like to learn them in the next six weeks? Call a right today for a gift of $45. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. 447 2697 I want everyone, everywhere mentored under Don Gossett, because Don is a precious jewel. But he spent the last 60-plus years learning from the best faith teachers on the planet, and then he started operating just like them. Uh, and, and I want you to get these gems. For instance, uh, Don, have you seen or have you prayed for a dead person that has come back to life?
1: Uh, yes, more than once in in the book, Case of Miracles, I share the account of what happened out in India in a city way up north that they told me, they said, we we know you don't have large crowds here like you have down south in India, where you've ministered to tens of thousands each night, but said about 500 people is about all we've had. And that very first night, the crowd was about 1,000, which they pleased the missionaries. And... uh, the people, of course, were all seized on the ground, and suddenly a man and his wife both stood up, and uh, a lady walked over and poured water on the little boy, and uh, we, I was preaching on the blood of Jesus, and I paused and what's going on? There's... So the the husband and wife came forward with the little boy in their arms. And in Hindi, the father was wailing, My child is dead, my child is dead. The interpreter shared with me what he was saying. And so that's when I asked the people all to stand together and unite with us as we prayed a prayer of faith. And the personal workers were around the couple with their little boy. And after just a very comparatively short time, suddenly they came out over the victory shout that the, he's he's breathing, he's alive, he's healed. And a, one of our members of our team with a doctor, Daniel, a, me, a, a medical doctor, and he confirmed the, the, exactly what had happened. That over 10 minutes the boy was dead, and now he had life abundant. And the very next morning, the mother brought the little boy to see my wife and me. And uh, he was very much alive. He was uh, alert and and, uh, uh, of course he was. And uh, so that is one of... uh,
0: Now, out of curiosity, how did the crowd react when they saw that?
1: The crowd reacted. It was amazing. Being a strong Hindu town, the word spread just like wildfire that a boy was raised from the dead at the meeting. And they came instead of a thousand, there was over estimated over ten thousand that came forward. And I said to them, I know the reason you've come tonight because of this boy over here that was raised from the dead last night. But I want you to know what's most important is not his raising from the dead, but Jesus Christ, the Son of God who died on the cross of Calvary that he was raised from the dead the third day, and he's alive forevermore. And now if you receive Jesus Christ, you can be saved. You can be born again. And I ask them, how many of you are ready to make this uh, act this confession of faith? And normally in India, because of the great prevalence of uh, all kinds of gods and goddesses and idols, they have I will always ask them in giving a salvation invitation, I say, I hereby renounce all my gods and goddesses, and I will forsake all my idols, and I'll receive Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. And uh, so then after a prayer or something like that, I've led thousands of them in that way, and I ask them, you know for sure you've received Christ, and you know you're uh, now born again, and Invariably, there were hands that go up just in mass, and um, that's what was so con- always so convincing is the miraculous working of God.
0: Okay, I want to learn something from you right now, Don. Uh, when, when you prayed for that dead baby, uh, tell me, I want you to, as best you can reconstruct it, uh, number one, uh, did you, the thought cross your mind? Uh oh! I'm going to pray for this dead child, and he's not going to come back to life. Did that thought cross your mind?
1: Uh, you know, in such an atmosphere of uh, the level of faith in uh, Hebrews, probably uh, Second Corinthians four thirteen. We then having the same spirit of faith, according as is written, I believe; therefore, have I spoken, we also believe; therefore, do we speak. And I knew the importance of the connection of believing and speaking. That's the way faith functions, is basically you speak the Word, and then you uh, simply uh, act upon it with greater confidence. Well, that's what really gripped my heart, that praise God will be the same as many other instances of the Lord stretching for your hand. I wasn't the healer, it was all Jesus Christ, and to Him was all the glory and honor.
0: Okay, I want you, if, if someone walked up to you this minute, and put a uh, two-year-old dead child in your lap, I want you to tell me—I want you to actually pray for that child right now. I want to hear how you pray. In the name
1: of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the living God, I take authority and dominion over the spirits of infirmity that have invaded this little child's life. In Jesus' name I speak for the resurrection life of Jesus, to permeate his body and life to come back in this body in Jesus' name. And then I would simply uh, urge people with confidence to begin to give God thanks and praise in advance, but often the manifestation is quite instantaneous, and that's... What my result has been.
0: Now I know that you understand the power of worshiping God. Uh, did, where did you first learn that? Do I, w- was it from William Freeman?
1: Uh, no, it's actually a, a personal visitation of the Holy Spirit to my own heart and my hunger for the Lord. And I was invited to go to meetings where there was a real outpouring of the Spirit. At that time, it was called the Latter Rain revival, a term that didn't always last very long but it was uh, characterized by real praise and worship, and the people would stand for maybe an hour to praise the Lord. And it became very convincing to my heart about the authority, the power of praise. And I began to study the Word diligently, and it became such an awesome truth. Uh,
0: You know what I've noticed? Uh, A ministry like, say, Benny Hinn... I think the greatest miracles happen because they worship in such a magnificent fashion, and then the miracles happen. Have you noticed that?
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, It's been a truth that God has really used to explode in the hearts of people, uh, not just by my ministry only, but many other ministries. And it's so significant. It's a forerunner of miracles,
0: I want to hear you praise God for about a couple minutes. Would you do that? And by the way, this is—I want you that are listening, I want you to begin to praise God after you hear how he does it, and you start doing that every day. Would, Would you just praise God, Don, right now the way you would normally do that?
1: Lord Jesus, I give you praise and thanks for you have said that you inhabit the praise of your people. Lord, I thank you that I have the delight of praising you for grace, salvation, deliverance, and all these wonderful blessings. Lord, I give you glory. I give you honor. I give you praise. Thank you, Lord, that I'm a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that I should show forth the praise of him has called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. And Lord, I respond to your word by him. Therefore, let's offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That's the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Lord, I offer this sacrifice of praise because of my adoration of you and your great deliverance and your salvation. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. And you can see it. I, uh, on my daily broadcast all over the world, this is what I'm most famous for, if I can call it that. Is I conclude every broadcast by saying, "People, let's take a praise break and let's say praise the Lord ten times." Now, the number ten became significant in a study of what it's the value of it, and the people everywhere that I minister, uh, they have joined me in uh, simply an action of faith to say praise the Lord and say it ten times.
0: Let's do that right now.
1: All right, praise the Lord.
0: Praise the Lord. 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 Praise the Lord.
1: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.
0: I asked Don Gossett, I want you to do a couple of things. Let's start out, Don, today. I would like you to just Tell me by memory healing scriptures. Just read about 10 or 12 of them, or perhaps you can even read it from one of the scrolls. But uh, just speak the word of healing for a couple minutes. Would
2: you do that?
1: has been such a faith-builder, and I share it in a broken-down way of the the letter of the alphabet in the scripture. Like A, attend to my words, incline thine ear to my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life to those that find them, and health to all their flesh. And the letter B... Beloved, I wish you of all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And on and on, the whole twenty-six letters of the alphabet have an accompanying scripture, and that's where the faith-building process comes in: is speaking the word. The word of God itself. Jesus said in Matthew eight that the greatest demonstration of faith that he had experienced was the centurion's servant, to whom. Jesus simply said when the man said, Speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. He said, I have not found such great faith in all Israel. And speaking the word is the key to the release of faith, for faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I would like to accompany this with... The fact that I urge people every day on my broadcast heard internationally to join me, I'd say, People, let's take a praise break. It's time to break from your fears, your anxieties, your oppressions, and focus on Jesus. And the word says that God inhabits our praises. He lives in, dwells in, manifests himself. And I say, people, let's begin right now to praise Him. Join me as we say praise the Lord ten times. And the results have been so astounding. I mean, it's been almost overwhelming, the testimonies I've received from people everywhere.
0: Well, let's do it right now. Let's do it ten times, Don. Praise the Lord.
1: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise
0: the Lord. Praise 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 the Lord. We praise you Lord. Worship you O God.
1: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.
0: Oh. Don, I, I believe theres there's a I can feel a stream of the Spirit of God. And if you will pray the prayer of faith, and you believe right now, you ask God to heal you of a specific condition, whatever it is. And, Don, I'd like you to pray a prayer of faith for those that are standing right now for that miracle.
1: Lord Jesus where two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything they ask. It shall be done for them with my Father in heaven. And I agree with every person who is afflicted with infirmity of any kind. Cancer, diabetes, heart trouble, high blood pressure, people who are deaf or blind, people who are oppressed by paralysis. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I take authority over every spirit of infirmity. My brother, my sister, receive. God the gift of healing. It's yours to receive and to be made whole in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: I'll tell you, I don't see how any sickness could stand against that. But what God has done in Don Gossett, all the thousands of miracles he's witnessed in his life, he wants to do in you, but he doesn't want to take 60 plus years. He wants to do it quickly, and that's why we have this package of his two best books and the uh, two-CD set, his teaching on the spirit of faith, and the five laminated scrolls uh, of uh, professions of faith. Uh, And I believe that you get this package and you use it, that you're going to be doing even greater miracles than Don, all available for a gift of $45 But Don, tell me about what the devil meant to be a tragedy of your daughter uh, when she was uh, uh, on a missions trip with you. Tell me what happened to
1: her. Yes, we're coming from uh, Nairobi, Kenya, where we had had uh, weeks of meetings and attended by thousands of people, and we're on our way back to America, and uh, the— during on the flight, my daughter sat in a different location than I did, and I went back to see her, and she said, Dad, I've been vomiting repeatedly. And then as the flight, so I just laid my hand on her, sort casually, and prayed a father's caring prayer, but it wasn't real depth that moment. But then when we, uh, before the flight arrived, about a half an hour out of London, a flight attendant came and said, Mr. Gossett, your daughter is has become very ill, She's hemorrhaging virtually every opening of her body. And we have notified the, the London Airport, Heathrow Airport, to meet the flight with a wheelchair to take her away. And, well, got into the Heathrow Airport. They took her into the medical examining room. After about an hour, a doctor came out and said, I'm sorry. We will have to take your daughter across the, uh, the uh, city to a hospital that specializes in tropical infection diseases, we think that may be what her problem is. And uh, so I asked if I could accompany her, and they said yes. So we went in this ambulance across London. When she arrived at this hospital, a medical team came. They were all ready for her, and they took her to an isolation room. I was not permitted to go in at that moment. But after maybe another hour or so, Dr. Clark came out and said, Mr. Gossett, uh, we'll do our best for your daughter, but the prospect isn't very likely. We don't know exactly how to treat her because it's not our ability to understand. But he said, you'll have to leave, but we're going to give you 20 minutes alone with your daughter in the isolation room. So I walked in that room and I said, Judy, we haven't got time for deep intercessions. And I'm just going to speak the 26 letters of the alphabet of healing over you. And I then began to break them down step by step and apply her, apply to her condition. And in the name of Jesus, I left after convinced that the word of God was being confirmed. I went back to a hotel where I called several times to see how she was in the next morning. And finally they said, well, there's 12 doctors around your daughter's bed. We don't have a diagnosis of what the problem is. So then uh, this call came from Dr. Clark. So this is amazing. It's like we had two different women in that bed. But now yesterday she was so afflicted, every part of her body was just oppressed. And said we we gave her no medication because we didn't know how to medicate her. But said now her blood pressure is normal. Everything about her is free of pain. We are just now dismissing your daughter. We'll be putting her in a taxi and taking her to Heathrow Airport to meet you for your flight back to America. And to me, it was one of the nicest, or nicest. that's kind of a small road, of gratitude that God touched my daughter. And it was a mighty transformation. I mean, it's, to me, one of the most pronounced miracles I've ever witnessed is how my daughter being so critically afflicted with giving virtually no hope and then suddenly— the power of God came upon her, and she was instantaneously healed. But it was the action upon God's Word, that alphabet of healing. Anybody who needs healing for your body, just as it was for me when the aneurysm struck my body, we spoke that every day for six weeks virtually, and the healing power came, and the aneurysm dissolved from my body. And I praise God, That's a real wonderful miracle. And so these are truths that I know God will honor and I just encourage you to get your information from these scrolls and these books and this material. And I know that God will use it to really set your soul afire with faith and confidence. In the integrity of God's Word being confirmed.
0: Well, I doubt if there's anyone that's not that's been listening all this week that hasn't ordered it. But just in case the door's not closed, you can get it. You can call our 800 number, and I want to send you these two books. I'm going to tell you something. As a new believer, I started reading one of the authors of the book, uh, and the presence of God just so bubbled. And now, just when you listen to Don Gossett uh, talking about the Scriptures, that same anointing is on this book. It's going to penetrate you. It's going to cause every promise of God to come become real in the Bible because without faith you can't please him. And by the time you finish these books, by the time you profess the, the scriptures, the, confess them uh, on the scrolls that Don has put together and listen to the two CDs, all available for a gift of $45 Shabbat broadcast. I'm going to pray over you, but I'm going to tell you that there is such a strong healing anointing that is going right now. People's wrists are being healed. If you have pain in your wrist or carpal's tunnel or, or, or arthritis in your fingers, uh pain in your back or neck anywhere. Uh, that the the spirit, I mean the the presence of God just from that little worship. Imagine what's gonna happen when you get this whole kit. The Lord is blessing you right now. The Lord is keeping you right now. The Lord, he's smiling upon you right now. The Lord, he's healing you right now. The Lord is surrounding you with his favor right now. Oh, the, the, the Lord is giving you his shalom, his completeness in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. In the name of the Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, Yeshua HaMashiach Sikinu, Jesus the Messiah, our righteousness.
2: Je verge kad unai, wej smarech. Je era du nai fan belakha, wi Our world is rife with comparisons about what separates us. Day after day, we go about our lives with tunnel vision, but scripture tells us how Messiah broke down the wall between Jew and Gentile, allowing for the creation of one new man, one new humanity. This spiritual completeness is set to usher in the greatest move toward God the world has ever known. Sid Roth has discovered Scripture's key to reaching the Jewish people with God's love. One New Humanity opens the door for God to move in signs and wonders, and all will see the evidence of the invisible God promised in Scripture. At SidRoth.org, you'll find mentoring tools to empower you to share how One New Humanity is critical to bringing multitudes to know God. You'll understand Israel and the Jewish roots of the church and how all the nations of the earth will experience blessings unseen in human history. Log on to SidRoth.org today and learn how one new man is the key to unlocking God's greatest blessings.
0: To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth. Dot org. That's www.sidroth.org. To receive a complimentary copy of our bi-monthly teaching newsletter, materials catalog, or information about becoming Mishpucha or Chalitzim, write to me. Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. To place a credit card order, call anytime. For all other calls, the number is 704-943-6500. That's 704-943-6500. For a CD of this week's broadcast, send a donation to Sid Roth. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina. Two eight two seven eight.